0: Over the course of about a year, our volume of bookings uh, doubled. So we went from about 1.5 million appointments per month to as high as 3 million appointments per month. At one point we were crushing Instagram and Snapchat as the most downloaded.
1: Wow. Welcome to Hacking Health. This podcast is for future focused health experts, thought leaders and change makers who are interested in making health accessible for everyone. Because together, we can get to the future faster. Dr. Ben Hurst is the CEO of Hot Doc, which he founded in 2012. Ben is a doctor turned writer turned startup founder. His career has included Geelong intern, Warrnambool ED resident, Port Phillip prison psychiatrist, New York novelist, and now CEO of Hot Doc, a Melbourne based health tech company. Ben's dad was an ENT, his mum a GP, and through his experiences and theirs, Ben decided to found a company that helped doctors build meaningful, lasting relationships. HotDoc is a patient engagement platform that leverages cloud technology to improve doctor patient communication. If you won $10 million tomorrow, what will you just spend it on?
0: Is it if I want it personally or if the business had
1: it? Well, if you want it personally, you might even apply it to the business.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I've got a bit of a bird thing at the moment. So I'd probably buy this like really awesome bird sanctuary, which sort of people could go to and that would be my personal thing. I might get a house as well. Uh, It'd be nice to have one of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the business, we would love a few more awesome engineers. But, you know, you can never, you can't get amazing engineers unless you've got uh, a huge cash flow. So $10 million would, would really help us get some cool engineers. And where that would be really helpful is in helping our app become a place, not just where you make a booking, but where you start to manage your health and the health of your family.
1: Oh, that's the next step.
0: That is the next step. I possibly gave away our roadmap. But,
1: uh, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. exciting, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just that's between us. Please.
1: When was the first? Well, when was the last time you got to play chess or read Tolstoy? I've heard these are things that you're into.
0: I do, yeah. So chess, I play just about every day, uh, and I'm horrifically mediocre at it. But it's just one of those little vices that I have that sort of. Helps me get through a train ride from home to work. Mm -hmm. Tolstoy, I actually read um, The Life of, God, It's So Bad, I Can't, No, The Death of Ivan Illich or Divisnich or something. It's terrible. I can't even remember the name of the the book. That was about a year and a half ago. But that's like an 80-page book as opposed to his other works, which are in the sort of 1,000-page mark.
1: What was the feeling that you got when you saw Scott Morrison had recommended Hot Doc for booking COVID nineteen vaccinations? It probably feels like a long time ago.
0: Yeah, it was it was funny because I think he was actually meant to direct the Australian people to the government website Health Direct, but he kept getting it confused with Hot Doc, uh, and so I was yeah I really I really enjoyed it, uh, but I think I think we genuinely had the best collection of GPs to book with in the country. So even though I think it was a small faux pas, I think he did good. And uh, yeah, it gave myself and everyone in the office a a big smile.
1: That's even better. So this year was Hot Doc's 10 year anniversary. Ulegal turned nine this year. We're turning 10 in 2023. Um, So I'm looking for inspiration. How did you celebrate?
0: Uh, We actually had a, uh, Disco themed celebration, and I turned up in a rainbow hippie. Uh, I forget what you call it. It's not like a like it's it's like that. Uh, it's like a rain jacket which you just like put on. It doesn't have arms. But any- That's that's yeah yeah. Anyway, it was awful. But the, the costume <laughs> was awful. But the, we had an awesome time, and yeah. I. That's that's what we did.
1: So you are a, an entrepreneur, but also a doctor. Hmm. So what do you think? Like, what is your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs? Because entrepreneurs are always looking for hacks.
0: Yeah, this is like this is such an obvious hack that I don't even know if it can be called a hack, <laughs> but. It's, it's building relationships with your colleagues. So I used to like be an intern in John Hospital, and the most dreaded thing you could do was go down to the radiology department with a request form because they often you know, knew a lot more about medicine and they would kind of snidely turn you back. And I realised if only I was smart enough to have, on the first day bought them a coffee, I would have had like really collegial conversations. They probably would have accepted it. The same thing holds true at Hotzark. The the better mates you are with your colleagues, the, the easier everything is.
1: The coffee hack is actually really cheap as well. Like people yeah, absolutely awesome. love but, it. But uh, it's a good it's a good investment all round.
0: It is. It's it is worth it every day. If you can if you can make coffee, tea for your peers, like just go for it.
1: So you've been employing people, it's a difficult hiring environment at the moment, but you've been hiring a handful more people. Do you think that COVID-19 has helped or hindered with Hot Docs growth?
0: Somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Uh, So we had to like, we basically had to tear up our product roadmap uh, when COVID announced itself. And instead of building the cool, cool stuff that we're trying to get around to now, we had to build a vaccine module that helped clinics get consent and educate the patients as to what they needed to do when they arrived at the medical clinic uh, and made, you know, special customized bookings. We also had to sort of try and do it for some government respiratory clinics as well. And it had some good moments, but it's really hard. To try and leverage that for commercial gain, especially mm. when medical centres are doing it tough. Mm. So the biggest one we had was less so one that we can sort of quantify in dollars and cents, but but around our patient usage uh, over the course of about a year, our volume of bookings uh, doubled. So we went from about 1.5 million appointments per month to as high as three million appointments per month, which was pretty crazy.
1: That's amazing. So yeah, there's definitely high uptake of it, which is good for the this next phase.
0: Exactly. We were like, at one point we were crushing Instagram and Snapchat as the most downloaded. Wow. Yeah. felt pretty good about that.
1: And the familiarity I think is really important with your product that people feel comfortable to, to use it. There's there's competitors of yours that I have personally had terrible experiences with through my own GPs and <laughs> just, yeah, always <laughs> yeah. find the ease of use of hot doc a lot better and think no. that, yeah, clinics should, should know that, like what their, what their patients think about the, the technology that they use is, is really important.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. So our meeting has been able the best healthcare experience for run in Australia, so we really do spend a lot of time and love on trying to polish and make our patient user experience a really pleasant one. So that means a lot.
1: Yeah, shows What are you proudest of? Maybe that's the answer to that.
0: <laughs> uh, uh So the answer to that is, obviously it's like great to have had an idea a bit over 10 years ago and to sort of see that manifest and say there are lots of doctors that use Hot Doc and lots of patients that have signed up. When it comes to it, though, what, what makes me proudest is when I get to stand up in front of the team as I did uh, on Friday at our Christmas party and just see so many talented people and see that team that I've helped us uh, assemble and, you know, I see how smart and hardworking they are and how values-driven. And it's, it's actually looking at those faces that makes me the proudest.
1: Yes very satisfying. We've done some uh, webinars with your team and they're always so knowledgeable and so just welcoming, like as the host, they're they're wonderful to to work with. So yes, I'm glad you're proud of them because you should be. So you've been in health tech for 10 years now. So you're pretty much a veteran, probably one of the first early adopters or kind of starting out the the whole industry. What have you learned in the last 10 years?
0: I've learned that if you want to retain your hair, do not become an entrepreneur in health technology. Yes. It's a a, a stressful field and I actually did have hair before I embarked on this journey. (laughs) uh, I think the serious answer to that is I've learned how important it is to be values-driven. So it's it's one thing to have, like, broad ambitions to do X and Y to disrupt healthcare in some meaningful way. But one thing I think I've learned closely, and, and I'm glad to have learned it, is that doctors are the good bullshit detectors. Mm-hmm. And they they know if, like, you stand for something that is genuinely trying to help them and help their patients, Mm -hmm. or if you're simply trying to make a buck. And uh, I think by really having clear values that you can articulate to yourself on your website and to your people, uh, it just gives you such a good foundation to have a positive brand and to build really strong relationships with with customers who really do require a certain level of trust to be comfortable about using your product on their patients.
1: And so do you you find that you hire for values? Like you have your team already believe in the company's values or they have yeah, them as part p- of their own values?
0: Yeah, it's a big part. So uh, there's a large stage narrow recruitment process and we have our own cultural norms, leadership principles, core values. And we basically just ask, hammer candidates with a bunch of questions on understanding, you know, whether they've had experiences where they've had to talk up in a uh, culture where that might not have been um, upheld mm-hmm. easily, uh, whether they're you know, good at helping other people take ownership, uh, whether they you know, are be able to be resilient in the face of a certain type of adversity. Uh, and we find that often, It's those like values related queries help you to really get the best fit with your employees Um, and it's something that we sort of really focus on, um, not just the recruitment stage but in performance and promotion, et cetera.
1: So what I found when I first started up is that there wasn't much divergence from you, Legals, values and my own. How about you? Ten years later, do you like you live and breathe the hot dog values, or are there are there new things that are developing in you as a more experienced entrepreneur? That yeah, I, I don't know, are they the same or are they different?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. And so, like, I'll give you an example where my values have changed. Like, my mom's a GP, and I was absolutely dogmatic uh, around the the necessity of continuity of care, and that at any Moment, it was vitally important that the the same patients see the same doctor. And then more recently, we've got a real accessibility crisis on our hands. Uh, It's hard enough just to see any doctor, Mm. let alone your own doctor. And, you know, once upon a time, I would have been really frustrated that, say, the pharmacist's scope of practice is starting to sort of move into the doctor Mm. space. Whereas, Whereas now I'm like, I think as much as possible we should endorse encourage promote continuity of care but we also need to do it with this kind of pragmatism that it's not always possible to see your existing doctor for everything and where potentially pharmacists nurses or other doctors mm-hmm. in the practice can provide similar services that's okay and that's sort of an evolution from starting in a very rigid place mm. and sort of understanding that actual actually healthcare accessibility is, is the most important thing of all
1: yeah, wow, what about being a doctor and being an entrepreneur those two hats I, I do you still practice as a doctor? and so was giving oh. like giving up that part of your life or kind of identity would have mm. been challenging and other Health tech entrepreneurs that are doctors listening to this, I guess, might be grappling with with the same thing. H- mm. Can you keep both parts of your identity or do you have to lean into one more? Like, how, yeah. I, how, I don't think I explained that question very well. I just sort of no, thought. No, no, of... I, I think
0: I, I understand the, the
1: tenor of the question.
0: Uh, how do you kind of combine these two extremely disparate uh, vocations?
1: Especially when um, you spend so long with the vision of being a doctor and working towards it? I think
0: that, like, my own personal story is that I never truly loved being a medical student, uh, nor did I love being a doctor. There's sort of something about this, you know, one-to-one interaction Mm -hmm. that I did find a bit constraining and and Mm. there's there's so much to remember. And, you know, I'm much more of a conceptual thinker than a a rote thinker. Uh, so it never it never quite gelled, but I think in, in many ways entrepreneurship has, like, been a vehicle for me to be a good doctor. Yeah. It's enabled me to, like, understand patients and doctors and how they interact and where there are ways perhaps for them to build stronger relationships and communicate more effectively and as a secondary consequence for patients to have better health outcomes.
1: Yeah, it's certainly a different a way that's been done mindset of like who you are of service to and how many people you can be of service to because as an entrepreneur it kind of is it multiplies it's not just selling time yeah. for money it's bigger yeah I see
0: it's like it's a one to many kind of that's I that's how I get to interact with the healthcare system I'm not an epidemiologist but I get to sort of you know work with my team and leverage maybe my understanding of, of of healthcare with their understanding of building helpful tools mm. and um use that to to get positive experiences and outcomes for patients and doctors.
1: Yeah, awesome. What's the one piece of advice you would give a health tech startup?
0: Uh, I guess it depends on their where they are at. Uh I think if you're just getting off the ground like it's a marathon mm. uh, and just just go in with that expectation. 10 years later, I'm still Ben, I'm still living out of a rental. I'm still kind of just, you know, trying my best to, to navigate, you know, where this company can go. And, you know, it's taken a lot of uh, resilience and endurance to sort of get to this place. Because every time, you know, when you go from one person to five people, to 10 people, to 20 people, to 50, to 100, you have to kind of reinvent yourself, like Mm. the the skills that made you successful at that earlier time and not as relevant when the, when the company is mutually beyond a certain stage. I think, so that would be my, just like have that, have that expectation. And also the, the other thing I'd say is just like, you've got to be, especially in the early years, just obsessive. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's really hard and there are so many kind of barriers and people who just don't share your enthusiasm. That you just need to be so excited that it doesn't matter what barriers people present, you get to kind of just like push through them and mm. that they can feel your sort of radiant energy. Um, but if you're only somewhat excited about your idea um, or you're not really in it for the idea, more for just like making a lot of money,
1: mm. you, you can up against it. That is such great advice. What do you think the most important lesson you've learned so far in your career is?
0: I think for me, it's to know thyself like when I've been really happy in my career it's been because I've been able to sort of take science and first principles and combine it with creativity
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when I haven't been so happy even as recently as like six to twelve months ago I've been sort of a little bit too much over here um, too much in the kind of the process side of things and mm-hmm. I mean, these are obvious things, but it's just like when you're not thriving and happy and loving your job, like people see it, they mm. feel it, mm. and so it's like start with yourself before you sort of focus on how to you know do other things and and be a leader for other people.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about how running a business and being a leader are actually two quite different skills. Uh, awesome. And as a technician, which I was as well when I started my business. I don't think I appreciated that. I thought it was one and the same, and you could just all wrap it up with a bow and learn it. But, you know, it's all encompassing, as you say, for yeah, for a long time when you start out.
0: They're totally like, I think one's about, like, how do you make something that sustainably draws revenues because it has a product that, or service that people want? Um, and the other one is, how do you make people want to do what needs to be done? And, like, those are just patently different skill sets.
1: Yes, yes. Agree. Why are you so passionate about health tech?
0: So the the story that I always relate is I grew up as a like 15, 60 year old kid. Uh, I used to sit at the dinner table. My mom had just started her GP practice and she was really struggling with all the red tape bureaucracy, the challenging around recruiting front office staff. And just, you know, doing what we just said about running a business, you know, making the profit and losses thing work out when she had zero financial training. And I just saw, like, how painful it was. And she felt like a failure because she wasn't necessarily running a successful business. But what she was, was an amazing doctor. Mm. Uh, Her patients absolutely loved her. And she was so important in helping them achieve, you know, positive health outcomes. Mm -hmm. And and so, hot doc became very much for me at least about helping great doctors like my mom just be great doctors. Mm. Um, and that's like it's a, such a simple thing, but I think it's I think it's important. Doctors, as we know, they suck at business. Not all of them, but like probably 70, 70 to eighty percent. Um, why? Because that's not their first interest. Their first interest is like helping helping patients, their patients helping their community. And so, if we can just help them do that well. Um, because we can get the other stuff out of the way then mm. probably doing a good thing
1: they'll be happier thank you so much for chatting to me today Pleasure. it's been great Pleasure. to get to know you better
0: I love the questions especially the Tolstoy one I should have thought about that one earlier
1: <laughs> glad you enjoyed yeah. it we're going to keep the conversation going in our private Facebook group You Legal for Doctors you're welcome to join us there